So we are in the Port of Cork collection on the top floor of Crawford Art Gallery and we are surrounded by a lot of gold frames uh, and within them treasures and they are uh, maritime paintings, um, historical, bringing us back to the 1840s, 50s, 1880s, right up to the 1960s and they are a version of Cork Harbour <laughs> in paint. So tell me about how the Crawford got their hands on this amazing collection, because this came to the Crawford in, as one collection. As one collection, and very recently. So in November 2021, so only a few months ago really, the Port of Cork company donated their art collection to Crawford Art Gallery. And that's, I suppose, part of their own movement of operations from the city centre at the um, Harbour Commissioners um, down to Ring of Skiddy in the, I suppose, the lower harbour, as you might call it. And the collection wasn't going with them. So they found us, um, I suppose, as the appropriate home to care for these works into the future for posterity as part of the national, national collection. And it's mainly paintings but also some other curious objects, including oh. a silver ore. Wow. <laughs> and so obviously nautical theme, we'll get to that in a minute, but who would have been seeing these paintings? So if they were in the Port of Cork building, they, a lot of the public would have never gotten to see these before, right? Well, that's the thing. So during Cork 2005, the capital of culture, there was a maritime paintings exhibition in the Harbour Commissioner's building. And I suppose, that's when the public last really saw them. Um, but otherwise, normal day-to-day, -day, um, these paintings were in the boardroom and offices of, of the Port of Cork company. Yeah. Um, so unless you had access to those spaces, you weren't seeing them. Um, and the joy of, I suppose, having them in the collection here and being able to show them is that the public can connect with them and be curious and learn and question. What's the oldest painting in this room? Ooh. <laughs> I think the oldest is probably about 1845. Where is that one? Um, so it's in the middle over here. Okay. Um, they all kind of date in that range from 1845 to about the 1880s. And then there's one outlier in the 1960s. But the oldest one, we think, um, is a work by George Mouncy Wheatley Atkinson. A bit of a mouthful, and he was a self-taught painter uh, from Cove who had been a ship's carpenter when he was a teenager. Oh, wow. So he was at sea. He knew ships. He knew how they were made. He repaired them. And then when he came back to Cork, getting his desk job, he became a surveyor of shipping and immigration in a period when mass immigration was essentially what defined Cork Harbour. Yeah, I mean, so we're looking at this amazing painting, Naval Frigate off Hall Bolin. It all looks quite calm and still. 1845, there's a little bit of a context there. Was he uh, choosing his frame very carefully? I, I think so. It's a very placid scene. It's Cork Harbour, you know, as part of the British Empire. And I think he probably certainly had an eye for that audience. His parents were English, um, and I suppose he worked for officialdom. <laughs> um, and 
So you don't see the famine here. You don't see mass immigration. You actually don't see people. There are people. <laughs> there are figures in the, the works, but they're incidental. Mm. We, they're not named people. They give scale to the works. Or, you know, you know, a ship can't sail on its own. But this isn't about the social perspective. It's not the political. Yeah. Um, it is very topographical. And these may not have been before his eye. I think he constructed a lot of these views based on his knowledge of what a ship looked like, his knowledge of the landscape, and he put them together. So is that what makes a great maritime painter, is your ability to draw ships? Maybe. <laughs> but also think, water is very important, right, as well. So in this one, the water is very calm. It's a very calm day. You can see the reflection of like, the boat in the water. I think my siblings used to row, I still do, some of them, um, and uh, the, I, they would call this flat calm. Um, it's like glass, and so the reflections are a mirror. There are other paintings by the artist where the sea is rougher, particularly in the outer harbour. And, you know, the mouth of at Roach's Point. Um, Atkinson, I don't know if, if he's considered a great maritime painter okay. in the history of art. Yeah. But he's a very interesting one. Mm. Um, but I think maybe a great maritime painter would be one who can communicate the feeling of the sea mm. um, and the essence of it. Yeah. I think Atkinson conveys a sense of seafaring rather than the sea itself. Yeah. So he, um, he's more interested in the vessels. Kind of, he's like the train spotter for ships. <laughs> <laughs> all the rigging so beautifully executed. I mean, I presume that that's all part of his, was all part of his craft, was making sure that it was all exactly precise. Essentially ship shape. He, yeah. was, he, was, he knew exactly what a ship should look like, yeah. what it should be doing. Um, he understood the different flags that, that were flown from ships. Um, this particular one painting over here, it's called um, Bark Glenara uh, off Cork Harbour. And it's a ship just off Rota's Point. It's in full sail um, in profile, so we're seeing the side of it. Mm. Um, and you can see it's flying all of the different flags. But these are um, signals. So essentially, someone has decoded this um, and has been able to interpret those signals as asking for a pilot boat. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's asking to be escorted uh, into the harbour. Yeah. And what can you see in the background there that's a lighthouse? So the lighthouse on the right is Roach's Point. Yeah. And then kind of in the middle distance, you have um, the town of Cove and Spike Island in front of it and then Fort Camden uh, in front of that. Yeah. So you get a sense of what it would be like to be, essentially this is where Titanic was dock, was moored, oh, wow. you know, in 1912. Yeah. Um, but this is back in the 1850s or 60s. Yeah. And then there's the one next to here, that, now that's a dramatic sea. That's, a, that's an amazing painting sea. <laughs> Super stormy. <laughs> and Pretty much the same view though, Roach's Point and Cove in the background. Essentially, it's exactly the same backdrop. Yeah. But he's made the sea rougher mm. um, and the ship seems to be, it's, it's going in a different direction. So it seems to be coming out of the harbour and heading east. And this is kind of a different type of ship. So this is like a naval frigate 
Um, it's a warship. Um, and you can see the cannons coming out of the gun ports on the mm. side, which probably should have been stowed away in this stormy weather. But oh, there you go. That sounds like you know your nautical stuff pretty well. Did you have to learn all about boats for, for this exhibition? You're nodding and smiling. <laughs> As a child, I was fascinated by boats. Okay, like I had yeah. little toy boats. Yeah. But I didn't know the ins and outs of sailing. Um, but what's really interesting about this is you kind of become curious. You want to know how accurate he is. And he really is. He yeah. Know, he knows what he's doing. Um, so you know that this is a particular type of ship. And then you know that what it functioned as. So a naval frigate, a warship, one that travelled the, the, the globe. Yeah. Um, this wasn't one that was transporting goods. Um, whereas other vessels might be transport vessels or you know passenger vessels, um, but this one is is a warship. So that's George Mouncy Wheatley Atkinson. These are all oil paintings as well, aren't they? All oil paintings. But there there are some really beautiful watercolors over here. These ones, I love these. They're so beautiful, aren't they? They're so different yeah. as well. These two watercolors are by uh, Robert Lowe Stopford. Um, everyone seemed to have. Uh, multiple surnames <laughs> at this time. And Stopford was interesting in, in that he's topographically very accurate. Um, and so one of the views here is of Queenstown, or Cove as we now know it. Um, and it looks essentially from the, from the water back at the town. And mm -hmm. um, so we get a whole sort of um, panorama of the fine Georgian and Victorian terraces um, and of course the new cathedral that was then being built. Oh, so, so St. Colman's was being built while yeah. he was making this? So wow. he, he, be, he made this particular watercolour in 1877. He signed it in the bottom left-hand corner. Um, but what's interesting is he gives you the cathedral as it would be as it would look completed. Mm. But the spire wasn't added for 40 years. So it's an artist's impression. He, yeah. was, he was painting at a time when it was under construction. Oh. And so, so it's kind he, of like an architect's drawing almost or exactly, something. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And he, you know, if you look, if you compare it with the actual spire that was built in the early 20th century, there are differences. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's something kind of very, um, almost more like a kind of a children's book illustration or something about these, aren't they? They're just kind of... They know, are. Incredible detail. They're full of interest, I think. Mm. And, you know, it's all go, go, go. So in the, the view of Queenstown, you have, you know, all of the ships are lined up, you know, for you to inspect and enjoy. There are steamships, there are, you know, sailing uh, schooners and, and yachts. Um, but then another view, which looks from Spy Hill, above the town of Cove, out onto the harbour, gives you, it's almost like toy, toy boats on a pond. Yeah. Um, and, and it gives you an impression, I think, of how active the harbour was, not only in terms of migration, but also um, of navy, mm. defence, trade. Uh, commerce, it's, it's all in there if you have the eyes to look. Is one of the important things about these paintings that 
the views that they give us of Cork, because obviously there's sea to the fore and on all of them and boats. But then you have beautiful, I mean, there's one that has um, Black Rock Castle in it, isn't it? Where's yeah, so it's just around the corner here. And I suppose what they do is they preserve views, oh, yeah, heritage amazing. views, some that no longer exist because, you know, things have been transformed over time. Um, the one of Blackrock Castle shows um, a Prussian uh, steamship, um, a paddle steamer essentially, uh, coming upriver, passing Blackrock Castle, which was painted in the 1850s. And Blackrock Castle was only about 20 or so years old at the time. But this is the castle we know and love. <laughs> uh, apart from, you know, it lacks its um, observatory dome on the top. And this painting looks very different from some of the others, because um, you'll see all of these cracks, and that's called craquelure, which essentially is, um, as the canvas has aged, what you have is the oils and the canvas and um, different aspects of the materials are aging in different ways, and it leads to this cracking. Mm. Um, whereas other paintings by the same artist um, are are pristine. So why is that? Is that to do with age or the materials he was using or how it was stored? Or? There are any number of contributing factors, but um, probably it comes down to the materials he was using. Yeah. Um, sometimes artists became a bit more experimental or they might have used cheaper materials or whatever was to hand. Or maybe, you know, this was something he was doing of his own volition and other works were commissioned. Mm. Um, and so in this case, it might just be a case that the materials are less good quality, but the image is still so interesting. Yeah. And, but the overall effect is more, it's got this kind of sepia thing to it because the other paintings um, by Wheatley Atkinson in here have, do not appear to be faded like that. That's really quite brown looking, isn't yeah. it? But the rest of them, the sky <laughs> is just beautiful and still, you know, a, a really good color. Can I ask you, has it been valued? Do you know how much these paintings are worth? They're all valued and they're yeah. all insured. I can't divulge <laughs> that. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> um, but they are part of the national collection, so they're kind of, they have a, obviously a monetary value, but they also have a heritage value. Yeah. Um, and I think it's significant that they remain in public hands. Yeah. Um, so their value can be counted, I think, in what they tell us or what they provoke in us in terms of what we might question because we would question you know this is an Ireland of a different time from a different perspective mm. and Ireland is a very different place now would we paint these today yeah um, or would we choose to say something different yeah that is an interesting question actually isn't it yeah what do you think I think artists and the market might demand um, more content relating to people rather than the ship, you know, the engineering, <laughs> the design. Yeah. And they may, may want to know the stories. Yeah. Who were the people sailing these ships? Who were the people having to embark on life on these ships or to to emigrate, who is coming in on these ships. So it's interesting, the ship passing Blackrock Castle 
was Prussian. Some of the other vessels that we've looked at were British Navy. Um, others are, um, are just commercial vessels. So they each tell a tale. Mm. But I think maybe an artist now might emphasize that more. Yeah. Maybe the, the social aspect or the political. Is it because they were such, because these boats were so important and so technologically, you know, I mean, when you're talking about the advent of steam and all of this kind of thing, is it kind of quite natural in a way that people would want images of the actual structures themselves? Hugely, and I think of their time, so the 1840s onwards, the people who were interested in this sort of painting, not least the artist himself, you can imagine how they might want to collect different types of vessel. And, you know, it, I kind of joked about that idea of train spotting, but it is that sense of kind of collecting together what is important about this harbour. Yeah. Well, it's a home to all of these mm. types of vessel. There's one um, painting that shows um, Passage West. Um, Show me where that is. It's just over here. And the ship that dominates this particular painting as it faces, so the ship is facing towards Pas Passage West and Monkstown Castle is on the hill beyond. And this was a mailboat. So oh. this is the 18, 1849. So again, we're still famine times. Royal Mail had just essentially been created within you know, a decade previous. Yeah. And the Royal Mail ship RMS classification came into being. Yes. So this was a vessel that was transporting mail and other things um, from Ireland to Britain and beyond and vice versa. So this was how you plugged into the world. Wow, that's absolutely incredible. And it's so recognisable as well, that stretch of water. Like, so this is the view from the Rushbrook side over towards Passage. Yeah, essentially. Wow. So you're quite close to where the Crossroad River Ferry is. Mm. Yeah, bringing, transporting mail. There's one painting that's considerably later than all the others, and it's this one over here that we're walking towards. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about this, 1960. So it's approximately 1960. We don't have a firm date on it, but it seems to be. Um, it's called View of the Port of Cork, and uh, it takes an elevated uh, perspective over the Cork docks, looking upriver. So looking to where that old Port of Cork sign <laughs> that stood or stands at the, the, the tip of, of Cork city centre um, as the north and south channels reconnect. And you're looking towards the city centre, you're looking up the north quays towards Shandon and Gronabraher, which seems to be under construction. Yeah. And uh, it's by an artist we wouldn't expect, uh, Sean Keating who is, I suppose, best known for men of the South in these parts. Um, but this is a landscape painting from, you know, 40 years after he painted that. And do we know why he painted it? Was he commissioned to do it? Or? My suspicion, I have to do a bit more research on it and consult the experts, but I, my suspicion is he probably did do this as a commission. Mm. It's very similar, but not the same as a John Hind photo, uh, uh, postcard uh, from the early 1960s. Okay. Um, 
And so we have the same sort of infrastructure. Uh, you have Brian Baru and Clontarf bridges, which were still operating as railway bridges. Mm -hmm. um, you have on Horgan's Quay, um, over by the railway station, you have the Innes Fallon, which of course, so many people <laughs> remember as a, being a staple of the Cork Keys, but also um, some were lucky enough to hop on it <laughs> and, and travel to, to Britain. So it, that was kind of a mainstay of, of the harbour, the working keys, and we just get a glimpse of other vessels in the foreground. Um, but it's a very industrial city. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, so, so oh, like, not a, it's kind of a hundred years later than some of the other paintings, but it presents a very different view of things. And we can see, can't we, the building that these paintings we're housed in. Can we? we can, so we can literally... This is the most meta thing. <laughs> it's very meta. <laughs> so um, right in the middle, lower middle part of the painting, you have this um, triangular pediment that sticks up out of the rooftops and underneath is like a semicircular window. Um, and that is the essentially the custom house yeah. um, or the harbour commissioners, which was, you know, functioning um, for decades, centuries even, um, in a role that now is winding up. Um, but what's fun, I think, is that you and I are speaking in a building or part of a building that used to be a custom house as well, yeah. um, which I suppose ceased being a custom house when the one we're looking at in the painting started. <laughs> and, we're, and when Keating was painting this, some of the paintings that are around us now were presumably inside in that building. That building. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's like a Russian doll yeah, or something. We, we're trapped in this world. <laughs> I have to ask you if you have a favourite. I know that's probably a mean question, but I mean, there's, there also be, well, okay, actually, let me rephrase that and go back and just ask you what it was like for you when you got to see them first. Did, were they brought here or did you go over there or how did you first see them? Oh, that's interesting because we were given them as a gift and they came here, but I didn't get to see them until we, we started unwrapping them for the exhibition. So I saw them as like little JPEGs um, and in catalogues. And I had a vague memory of seeing them in, a, in the boardroom. Yeah. From years ago, um, there was a Cork Midsummer Festival um, event, I think, in, in that space. So. I had seen them in situ, and it was a very beautiful space. Yeah. Um, but they have kind of come as a great joy and surprise, because when you see them in the small photograph, it doesn't convey their texture yeah. and their frame. Yeah. Um, so I can bring you to my favourite. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm not playing favourites, but if I had to... <laughs> Um, there's one, again, if we return to George Mouncey Wheatley Atkinson, yeah. um, there's one undated painting called Shipping Off Cove. It has the most magnificent gilded frame, um, which has all of these little perforations and, and details that cast a lovely shadow on the wall. And then we have this really kind of choppy, bluish-green uh, sea or water in Cork Harbour itself and you have this ship sitting in front of us with the town of Cove behind and what's really interesting I think is 
that this is cove before the building of St. Coleman's Cathedral. So you have off towards the left-hand side, the old Catholic church, essentially, mm -hmm. that the cathedral replaced. And then further along, you have a church that no longer exists, which is St. Mary's. That was a Church of Ireland church. Um, and only, um, you know, it's in recent memory, you know, it was demolished in 1967, but it just captures a sense of a place that is very familiar to many people, but actually in a, a guise that maybe wouldn't be as recognizable. Mm. So they're kind of um, time warps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a, this is a thing of beauty as well. I mean, the color is beautiful, isn't it? It's yeah. a lovely painting. And I think if you know Cork Harbour, you know the smell of it, and you know the, the wind, and you know the, you know, on a sunny day, what it's like. So it's kind of, you can, you can transport yourself there quite easily um, based on the textures that the artist is calling up and the colours. Um, but it's, uh, I think this, this will be my favourite. Do you think that uh, there's a reason for people to come in and see this exhibition? I think if you're curious about local history, you know, in a general sense, or the history of, I suppose, Ireland's maritime past. Because I suppose when we think of Cork Harbour, we might overlook it now, but it is one of the largest natural harbours in the world. It was a treaty port from the time of independence up until just before the Second World War. Um, it was of strategic importance to the largest empire the world has seen. It was on an important transatlantic shipping route. There are many stories associated with it. I think these paintings are kind of a testimony to that history. Mm. So I think it can, has a broad appeal, but then a very specific one, yeah. you know, for people who love ships <laughs> or historic views or just beautiful paintings. Um, I think we can learn a lot from them but I do think we can also ask questions of them. They might not answer them, but it, you know, if we feel there's an absence in it, that tells us a lot. Yeah. Because we can complete part of its story. Yeah. And of course our skyline is still changing and everything. I mean, like back to the Sean Keating one, that's gonna be the center. There's gonna be a huge, massive, whatever it is, 20 odd story high buildings sticking out of that well, that's it right <laughs> so like i mean even in that painting if we we were looking at the horgan's key side of things and the innisfallen being a mainstay of that dock but actually if we look at there now there are so many high rises um so even within the last few years that area has transformed and so there may come a time where this painting by Sean Keating might seem very, very far away. Yeah. Maybe like the 1840s paintings with the sailing vessels. To my generation, <laughs> that seems still very recognisable. Having paintings like this, I think, really help us, um, help us reconnect with our past. Mm. Yeah. What's going to happen to them when they when you take this exhibition down? Because they're part of the National Collection now. Are they going to storage or are they going to tour? Or do you have any idea? 
No plan as of yet. The exhibition has just opened and it runs until the 28th of August. So it'll incorporate the Cork Harbour Festival in the summer and then Heritage Week in late August. Um, After that, they will come down and we'll start planning, I suppose, their next adventure. Hopefully we will put them on display in other contexts maybe one or two of them, maybe all of them. Um, the silver ore um, that's in the collection is on loan to Cork Public Museum. So oh, visitors to Cork Public Museum will see another aspect of that collection. And um, yeah, I suppose we're excited. This is the start of our story with them. And hopefully we'll be able to continue it in other contexts and see where they might visit. Um, because I think that that would be very exciting. You know, where where could they go next? You've been listening to an arts and culture podcast for Tripe and Rasheen with me, Ellie O'Byrne. Tripe and Rasheen is your independent, reader-supported local news substack for Cork City and County. It's completely advertising-free. If you can, please support us by subscribing for just eight euros per month or 80 euros per year. All your subscription fees will go to supporting independent local journalism in Cork. If you can't subscribe, you can still sign up for free. And if you want to help us spread the word, use our social media. That's at Tidrasheen on Twitter or Tripe and Rasheen on Facebook or Instagram to share the articles that you like. Talk to you next time.